Welcome to Oyana, a teenager's journey to self-love. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower, helping teenagers to navigate through life and connect with their inner self. I'm your host, Carol Oakley, and thank you for tuning in. Now, today I have Desiree Pananilio, who is a teen life coach. Now, we met on social on, on a social platform and we immediately connected because of our shared interest to help teenagers reach their full potential. And I'm just so excited to have Desiree on, you know, because uh, I know she's got lots of advice and tips to share with us. Welcome, Desiree. How are you? Well, thank you for having me. And I am doing great this Monday morning. I'm always thankful for every day. Fantastic. And how's the weather where you are? Well, I'm out here in San Diego and it's a little cloudy. Looks like it might rain. And, you know, with the wildfires in Northern California, we can certainly use the rain. Oh, great. Well, it's a bit overcast here in, in London. I think, I think our summer's over now. I think we're definitely, we've definitely got, yeah, I think we're definitely into our autumn now, but hey, I'm not going to complain because we had, we had a good summer and, and actually we had a good spring as well. So I'm very thankful for that. So, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on, on, on my show. You know, I'm just so honored to have you. Um, it's the usual format. Um, I'm going to be sort of going over your childhood, education, career journey, and we'll touch on sort of well-being, sort of personal development. And as always, I'd love to offer some advice and tips to our listeners along the way. But let's just let's just go with the flow and see where the conversation takes us. Perfect. Great. So first of all, Desiree, can you just tell our listeners just a little bit about your your childhood just a little bit of your bio i mean i will most probably touch on key areas as we go along but for now if you can just yeah just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your childhood so i'm a little bit of a nomad my dad you know i grew up in canada so i'm canadian and moved to the states and my dad was in the canadian military so i don't know if i'd call any place really home but the great thing on that is everywhere was home i always had the opportunity to meet new people experience new things and incorporate new cultures and new ideas. And with my husband, he was in the US military, so we lived all over the United States and also in the Middle East. So we had some amazing opportunities. So I would say that overall my childhood was exciting. And I have a degree in nursing and then a master's in behavioral um, behavior psychology. I'm not a licensed psychologist, but I focus more on life coaching because I have more of a passion for teenagers and working with teenagers and helping them where they are and where they want to go. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, my background, which was, you know, always, always learning and always changing perspective. Great. Fantastic. And what, what, why, what made you make that transition from nursing to um, sort of life, life coaching? I just, you know, I love helping people and not that I didn't love nursing because I loved helping in that capacity, but I really just felt teenagers are these kids that are kind of misunderstood, kind of get shoved off to the side sometimes because they're going through a lot. And with my own teenagers and my husband being in the military and us moving all the time, I really saw that they weren't getting that, you know, encouragement, that bolstering that they really needed. And so I did that. But as I was doing that, I ended up 
you know, collecting teenagers along the way, my kids' friends. And so all these kids that we'd sit around and we'd talk about, you know, your goals, where you want to be, how do we do that? And so I felt like it was like this natural calling that I just loved being around teenagers. I loved hearing their stories. I loved helping them navigate this time. It's a tough time to be a teenager. And I, mm-hmm. it was tough when we were kids. I don't think it gets easier. And I think parents, we all, we all just want someone else to love our teenagers, you know, yeah. and help them out. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, talking about teenagers, let's, I'd like to just touch about your sort of teenage years. And then you can, you know, <laughs> tell our listeners a little bit, a bit more about, you know, what you do and life coaching as we as we go on. How, how was high school? Did, did you have a you know, good high school? I, you know, I, I had academically, I was fine, but I find it that I was a little turbulent, a little misguided. And I th- think that was partly with, you know, growing up in the military and kind of changing schools, you're trying to fit in. So it's a little turbulent. You don't have that group that you've grown up with since kindergarten. So you don't have that steady group. And, you know, we're teenagers and all teenagers, we all do stuff that we probably shouldn't have and, you know, peer pressure, what it is and, and just trying to fit in. So I would say it was, you know, people ask me, I say my teenage years were turbulent and sometimes misguided. And I think every parent, every parent's like, hey, my kid's having a turbulent time or misguided. And it's really, it's really just finding your place and wanting to fit in and wanting friends. And how do you do that? So, you know, I feel like, you know, having someone else in your corner really helps parents, you know, solidify that what their kid is doing is normal, you know, changing friend groups and having some turbulence and, being kind of mouthy at home it's all part of the process of them trying to figure out who they are yeah I mean that's that's great I mean it's a great piece of advice for for our parent listeners but for our teenage listeners do you have any advice for them who are going through sort of turbulent times be you know be confident in yourself you're you're better than you think you're stronger than you know and you have some inner values that you just haven't explored so you are an amazing person. You know, as a teenager, I think sometimes they get lost thinking they're not enough. You are enough. You know, each of us has a unique calling, you know, whether, you know, whatever you believe in, I believe God has a plan for every one of us. And we just really have to embrace that he's going to show us that plan. So we really have to trust in yourself, trust in your strengths and, and be strong because you are amazing. You are more than enough and people love you. You know, sometimes teenagers feel that they don't, there's always people that love you, respect you, and they want to help. You know, I, mm-hmm. I tell teenagers, adults really want to help. Sometimes we have a funny way of saying it or showing it, but all in all, all, you know, any adult involved in your life wants you to succeed, whether it's a teacher who gave you an F, they, they all want you to succeed. They want you to come back around and be the best version of yourself. And so just remember that you are enough and you are amazing. Absolutely. That's, that's fantastic advice, Desiree. Um, I know that during, during your teenage years, that was sort of the, one of the biggest obstacles was um, just academics and also trying to, to find the right crowd. Again, you know, do you have any advice, you know, to our, for our listeners? You know, for teenagers, I would really encourage them, just keep trying to find the right crowd. I mean, and I went through the let's be with the party crowd. You know, when I, I was growing up, there's the party crowd and I didn't quite fit in there. I didn't fit into the, you know, the crowd that was smoking and doing other things and mm. skipping school. <laughs> and then I really wasn't, you know, I wasn't that crowd. I wasn't the crowd that was really nerdy and sitting in the library at lunchtime. So it's trying to, you know, meld all those pieces together and just finding that group. And 
and really realizing that that group's out there. Sometimes it takes changing and going, okay, that's not my group. That's not my values. Let me try this group. And it's okay to try different Mm. groups and go through those changes because that's how you find out what your values are and who you are. If you just, if you try to push yourself one way, I think you just end up being unhappy with yourself. So it's okay to go that group of people. You know, for me sitting in the library at lunch doing homework really wasn't where I wanted to be. (laughs) That wasn't my strong suit. But it was okay to say, to still have those people as friends and be able to go to them as resources for help. Mm. And then it was okay to be with a different group that wanted to sit outside and chat about different things or play, you know, soccer at lunch. That was okay. It was, it was okay to have those friends in different places and them not be your full value. So I encourage teenagers to understand who they are. If a group isn't fitting, it's okay to walk away and, and look for another group. It's no reflection on you. It's you finding yourself and this is the time to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. It is the time to find yourself and find your way. You know, if something doesn't feel right or, you know, if a group doesn't fit with your values, you know, move on, you know, doesn't mean that they're a bad group or anything. It's just that they're not in keeping with, with you as a person. And, um, and it is very much about just finding yourself and, and, and embracing all those different groups. Cause at the end of the day, you're going to be meeting different groups of people when you leave school so it's it's very much about you know learning to navigate yourself in and out of different groups isn't it it really is and you know what communication I I say this all the time communication is a relationship and as a teenager just having those opportunities in different groups and learning to communicate with them and learning to have that graceful exit to say hey I really think you know, Carol's amazing at doing math, but I don't want to sit in the library and, and, you know, do math with her every lunch hour. I want to go outside and visit with these other people. And it's okay if you, you learn that communication skill to have that positive opportunity. So, you know, Carol's still your friend. You can still hang out. You're just not going to have lunch together every day in the library. That's okay. And teenagers need to learn that. And, you know, high school is probably the biggest opportunity to learn to communicate in every type of relationship with adult relationships with teachers with mentors with fellow students it's just a great time to learn those communication skills and it's a great place to mess it up because i think it's probably more forgiving than in the adult world yeah the adult world is not so forgiving when you mess up (laughs) that is so true that is so true so no absolutely use that time to mess up and find yourself you know and there's nothing wrong in messing up It's where you learn the the most valuable learning comes from, especially communication, you know, especially when you say something wrong to, you know, a friend or a teacher and you're sitting there and you're like, you know, it's wrong. And, you know, everyone just wants to take that opportunity to teach you and give you those skills to be a better communicator. So I'm like, take advantage of it. You know, parents, the same thing, you know, it's having that opportunity when your teenager comes home and tells you they just had a big fight with their best friend to to listen you know with curiosity and let them figure figure it out and come up and develop their own communication techniques for making it better not solving it for them yeah yeah absolutely love it love it love it great piece of advice Desiree can you can you is there any advice that you can sort of give our teenagers who are being bullied or being pressured into things that they don't want to do like maybe like sexual relations uh, relationships is there yeah do you have have any advice advice for them you know if it's so hard being a teenager and teenagers really are pushed. I mean, there's, you know, especially when they want to belong. So I guess, you know, to me, I always talk when I'm talking to my 
you know, my own kids who were teenagers and we talked about those issues, is always make sure you come back to your values. Make sure that you think about who you are and who you want to be. And you can walk away and it's okay. You can walk away and you can, you know, come and tell me, an adult, someone you're, that you trust, whether it's a mentor. So there's always someone that I feel that a teenager should be able to come and trust and just lay it on the line. Like, mm. you know, being forced to have sex, being forced to smoke drugs, what, whatever it is to be able to come up and say, so-and-so's asking me to do that. And as a parent or a mentor to let them vocalize it, but instead of getting mad and trying to solve it, teaching them that skill set to solve it, because they're going to encounter that throughout their entire life. As adults, we encounter that. It's kind of like, you know, this is the long game when we're, we're growing up as teenagers. It's, you know, learning some skills now that we're going to need for the rest of our life, not just for these, you know, five, mm. six years of being a teenager. Yeah. So it's really having that self-reflection and really holding fast to your values. And it's hard. It is so hard to be a teenager with all the pressures and the social media. Yeah. So it really takes that time to say, nope, I'm not doing that. I need to be true to me. So self-reflection and just really realizing that you're enough and that you're an amazing person and you don't yes. need to do that to be amazing. And, and I don't know how we keep telling teenagers that I tell them all the time. You're amazing. You, you don't mm. need to do anything you don't need. You don't want to do. You're not comfortable with. Yeah. No one should ever do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Desiree. Um, what life lesson or topic do you wish they taught at school and why? <sighs> I really wish that they taught us more about, I guess, maybe personal accountability in school. And that's such a hard thing because I think that comes with, you know, life lessons to be personally accountable. Yeah. But really just trying to empower us. I really wish there would have been some sort of something when I was in high school. You know, we learn math, you learn science, you take mm -hmm. the E. Learn, you know, you learn all these academic skills, but sometimes I feel that we're not doing enough with social skills. And I know there's school psychologists and school counselors, but you know, you only get to see them when you have a problem. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. You know, it's when you're struggling as a teenager, either the teachers decided you're a problem or you're at the point where you're not coping with a problem. So as a teenager, you might finally search for help. I would really wish that somehow we had some sort of life teen life coaching in high school where they, you know, you teach kids to come up with their own values. Basically what I do, I wish they taught it in the school. I wish I would have had a personal mm. mission statement as a teenager. I think it would have really helped me to not maybe make some of those choices that I did. And where I was, you know, feeling that I was you know, misguided or I was having some turbulent times or frustrated and trying to find my group. I think if I had more of an idea of who I was in that moment, yes, it would have been really, really helpful. Just you know, because it changes as a teenager, but right in that moment, and someone telling me that I was enough, I, I really think that we forget that teenagers are still just little kids, like they really still want love and approval. It's, I think somehow we push them to grow up too fast, and yeah. they still need a lot of nurturing. I think they, they still need a lot of that. Yeah, no, and I totally agree with you, you know, just having that on the curriculum, or, or even just included in whatever lesson whether it's social studies I think it would be so powerful because we tend to find out these things when we're you know when we're older you know and it just takes that much more work doesn't it to to unravel all the all the layers and and, and getting to know yourself 
And had we have been taught that at a young age, it would just lessen that unraveling, wouldn't it? It really would. It would really help. I think it would really help with choices. I think, mm. you know, teenagers wouldn't be so confused. They'd be truer to them, their selves. I think, I, I think for myself, it would have maybe, you know, diffused some of those turbulent moments, yeah. you know, where you're making some bad choices and, you know, you can always back up a bad choice, you know, as a teenager, but boy, it would have been nice to, you know, realize that sometimes, Hey, I was enough. And Hey, that really is a bad choice that doesn't follow my values. And instead of going too far down the path and having to walk myself back, it would have been nice just to somehow have that, you know, safe space to talk about some of those tough things. And, you know, instead of waiting it and schools have that, that resource with school psychologists and counselors. I wish they would bring them in and have some sort of program for high schoolers. Yeah, no, absolutely. I absolutely. And I, I totally agree with you. I think um, more needs to be done, you know, in that area. I, I, I really do. And especially because we are living in such strange times now as well. I think even, I think even more so. <laughs> I almost, more, yeah, more so now. I mean, parents are so stressed out right now. I mean, mm. you know, the world is so much faster. I know, you know, so often people go, when I was your age, well, when I, when you were my age, when I was, you know, that age, when people would say that to me, you have no idea. And I, I don't think we have any idea what teenagers today you know, when they tell us some things when, they, well, when I was your age, this is how I would solve it. I don't think that's really the answer. We're, there's so many more influences and as parents, we have so much more coming at us. I just, I feel like the more positive resources we can put on teenagers and the more we can help them realize that they are enough right where they are and they're amazing, the better off we're going to be. I think, I think it, it just helps society as a whole. You know, raising children is a long game. It's not a short game. We're not just raising little kids. We're not just raising a teenager. We're, we're raising the future. We're raising the next generation. We're That's raising, right. you know, the next president, the next prime minister, the next, you know, world leader of, you know, the World Health Organization, the next, you know, mm -hmm. local, local advocate, you know, whatever it is, you know, next lawyers, human rights person, you know next great social worker so it's the long game we have to think about that we're not just creating these people in this bubble there it's the long game they're they're the next generation that they need to be who we focus on and we need to keep you know as the teenagers grow there's a new set coming up that we always need to focus on and encourage yeah absolutely i'm with you i'm with you on on that um desiree totally um, obviously, you well, you are you are a teen life coach, providing skills and direction to help teenagers, you know, obviously reach their full potential. What are the common issues um, do you find that teenagers face that you have to advise them on? What's the, I the think, sorry? Go ahead. No, I was just saying the reoccurring sort of events and topics that come up. I think the big thing we work on is communication. Mm -hmm. um, it is a really hard skill, you know, having communication, taking responsibility, accountability, a lot of peer pressure issues that keep coming, coming up and how to deal with them. And it's ironic that, you know, the same peer pressures that when I was a teenager, you were a teenager, they're still there. They're just kind of amplified with social media. So, yeah. you know, where we could get a break when we went home, they're not getting a break because they have that phone. So the those issues are 24 seven. So it's really trying to figure out how do you cope with that and how do you have those conversations? So I think it's, 
about keeping those conversations alive. So I see that. I see academics as a real struggle for kids. It's just time management. It's time management between the social media and, and doing homework and feeling overwhelmed sometimes. And, you know, I think we forget that they're teenagers that, you know, they just want to go have fun. That it's hard that it's, we're trying to make them grow up so much faster and, yeah. you know, parents are working and they, it's just all that conversation and communication that I really feel they, they need. And so we work a lot on that. We work a lot on goal development and values. I think it's so important that they understand their values. It's easy to say them. It's harder to understand how they project them and how they live them. So that's one of the biggest things we, we talk about. And I, I love when they come up with a personal mission statement and they kind of understand them. So I feel like the biggest thing is teenagers don't, you know, spend time or no one encourages them to get to know themselves where they are right now in this moment of time. Mm, fantastic. And it sounds like you're doing a, a fantastic job, um, Desiree. Uh, what is your mission? What is, and obviously is teenagers, but what is your overall mission um, with regards to teenagers? I think I want to empower, I want to empower them to go forward and be amazing adults. I really want them to understand themselves. I really want them to know that they are enough. They are amazing individuals. Um, you know, they're our legacy. They're, they're our future. And I really want them to understand that they have something to offer. That no matter, you know, where they are right now as a teenager, it's one moment of, in time. And they're going to go out and do great stuff. And so I really enjoy empowering teenagers. I, I think that's my biggest thing. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's hold each other's hands. <laughs> exactly. Pull them along there. You know, teenagers are just, they're so fun to talk to because if you really give them that time, their insights are developing their critical thinking skills and their perspective. And it's amazing to watch with social media and that whole digital echo of our world right now yeah. to see how that comes into them like I think teenagers today have a far broader worldview than I ever did you know I mm -hmm. when I was a teenager I mean think about it when we we're teenagers would we ever think that we'd be having a zoom call with someone in California in the UK yeah I know I know it's crazy <laughs> there's just this whole world of knowledge that they can see that you know we never got to see they get to see what's happening you know in Hong Kong there with the students, with the college, and they all have opinions and thoughts about it. And I'm like, that is amazing that we can start these amazing conversations yeah. so much younger, how to, how to have this inclusion of our, of our, you know, societies and countries and how to create that. I'm like, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited that these teenagers are thinking globally at a younger age. Yeah. And I think we really need to encourage that that thinking with them, encourage their critical thinking skills, help them develop that, help them shape them into, you know, valid conversations so they're not, you know, not so emotional so they can deliver facts. I think they're just, teenagers are amazing. I, I love talking to them. Oh, I can hear your passion. I can hear, and it's so, it's just warming to the heart hearing your passion because, you know, it just reminds me of, of you know, myself and my passion as well because I just feel so passionate about just you know children you know just the children in general you know not just teenagers but just children just making them reach their potential you know and sometimes we're just born into things or circumstances that where you know we didn't have any control over and 
and it's just very much trying to tap into or, or reaching those children to so that they know who they are and to so they know that they can reach their full potential and that they know that they're they're special you know they're special unique human beings so um yeah i'm just i just i just i'm just loving loving your passion and your mission um desiree obviously you talk you you work with teenagers but you also work with parents as well i mean it goes hand in hand doesn't it what what do you how do you um advise parents i think my biggest thing with parents is communication and i think Mm. you know parents you know and i'm a parent you're a parent we're all a parent it's amazing how we get so busy in life that somehow we just forget to stop. We forget to stop when, you know, our teenager, whether it's our teenager or five-year-old, whatever age they are, wants to come and talk to you. I tell parents to really stop, be be intentional about that conversation. It's building trust. It's building for the future. It's teaching them how to listen. If you, you know, kids watch what you do. And if your kid comes in to talk to you and you're busy typing emails and you're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and you're not engaging with them, well, that's exactly what they learn to do. So I tell parents, to be engaging, be present. If you're just curious and really ask those questions with wanting to understand where your child is right now, where they're getting their information. If you're concerned about what they're saying, where are you finding that information? Let's look together if it's on the internet. Mm. Let's discuss that news source. Let's have those discussions about maybe there's a better news source. Maybe something's more accurate. Maybe we need to shape that discussion that you want to have a little bit better so it's more inclusive and how do you, you know, create that, you know, discussion where you can open up other people's minds? But I, I tell parents it's really about the intent of your conversation, being intentional, being thoughtful of, of that conversation and, and your words and spending that time. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is to have a date. When my, my girls were home, we would do um, dinner dates or coffee dates or ice cream dates. And this oh, summer that yeah, the, one of the things I got to do with my younger daughter, who's 17, is we would go for ice cream at a place in in St. Petersburg, Florida, and, and we'd get, you know, we'd get our little popsicle and we'd sit outside and we would chat. And, you know, the it was kind of like an open discussion about what she was thinking, what she was feeling, what she was watching on the internet. And it was just this opportunity to really get to know her. And, and I encourage parents, I said, have a, have a date with no electronics. I mean, mm. it's hard for both parents and kids to give up electronics. <laughs> yes. Leave it all in the car and just, it's half an hour. It's a half hour coffee that you pick up. It's a half hour, you know, drink that you pick up somewhere and you sit on a park bench and you just have that discussion. And sometimes when kids aren't looking at you and they're kind of looking at the water, or they're looking at a tree what they can come out with when they don't have to look at you as a parent is some amazing opportunities to have discussions about something that might really be bothering them. And I'm like, just do that consistently and you will be amazed at, you know, the relationship growing, the communication growing, the trust, the love, the bond. So when something really bad happens, it's easy to come to you. It's easy to say, Hey, I really messed up. But if you don't have that kind of that foundation and that, background is harder for them so I'm we've done that since our kids were really little we loved having them and you know it was you know I think my husband would probably say he didn't want to always hear about Barbies or dinosaurs whatever <laughs> their was. But, uh, <laughs> but that's what you do you listen and, and you hear all about you know Barbie or the dinosaurs or the wiggles or, or whatever was the thing of the day I mean I, I don't know how many 
you know, times we went to see Sesame Street and Elmo because my kids loved Elmo. We had to, you know, sing Elmo and stuff. But that, but it created that relationship because they would love to talk about it. Mm. So it seems, you know, at the time it, it was like, wow, not more of that. But it's paid off so much more as they've become, you know, older and having that relationship. So I encourage parents just to be curious and listen. Be, take the time to be mindful and be present in the moment. Yeah. And just like you said, encourage uh, open, just an open relationship, you know, open communication so that the kids, your child can go to you for, you know, no matter what, you know, that's what I've always said to my son from a very young age. I said, I don't care what you've done. <laughs> you just tell me, you know, I'd rather you tell me than you tell someone else, you know, who knows, I might be disappointed in what you, what you've done, but I would more, you come in, come to me I treasure that more than you you know holding this in yourself carrying it around and not being able to share it with anyone and so I think it's so important to have that open communication with with your child and they feel that they can they can come to you or come to you and have a safe space to talk and that there's no judgment you know I think that's another thing is knowing that they can come to you without any any judgment or any serious sort of repercussions obviously you need to instill certain values and morals you know they need to know that but i think having an open communication is is just very important to have that you know parent a healthy parent and uh, child relationship oh it, it is so important it's so important for parents just to realize that if you judge them or if you solve their problem, they're not mm. going to come to you. You have to really encourage that. How do you see this going? How, what's the next step? Mm -hmm. How do you think you can solve it? And it's really helping that it's developing critical thinking. It's letting, it's also letting your teenager, your young kid know that what they've done is wrong, but they can fix it. And yeah. it creates a huge thing for when they get older as adults, it becomes a lot easier as an adult in your adult life is when you've done something wrong to be able to go up to someone and go, wow, I, I really blew that communication yesterday. I was really rude to you. I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. It's easier to say that if that's been an acceptable path your entire life. You know, if you know, you're a little kid and you kick the boy in the parking lot or something and, and your mom has a discussion with it and you have to go up to that little boy and apologize. That's it. You know, instead of just, you know, putting them in the car and being angry at them, but explaining to them how that makes the other person feel, how do they feel, how, and just spending that time having that conversa conversation, it really is about creating the long term. It's a long game. Having kids is a long game and it mm -hmm. takes a lot of work and sometimes it takes stopping and saying, wow, this is a conversation that I need to have now. I need to, this is my teachable moment. I, I tell people there are teachable moments, you know, as kids that, they mess up and I tell parents it's a teachable moment. It's not a yelling moment. I, you know, my dad always used to tell me, elevate the conversation, not your voice. And, and I really felt passion. I feel passionate about that. Not oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. He used to, he used to say that all the time when we'd get into discussions and, you know, as kid, teenagers, we'd yell, right? Like that's what you do as a teenager. Yes. You want to yell back. And my dad was this big man and he'd be like, stop elevate your conversation, not your voice. If you need to take a few de deep breaths and then further this discussion with me, I'm fine, but you're not going to yell. Yelling solves nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember him and you going, yelling solves nothing. 
and you know I think there'd be a half dozen times I think you know running out in a parking lot where my dad would yell and we would stop dead I, I remember being a little kid and there was because there was a car coming and I thought you know what he so rarely yelled that when he did raise his voice to that level it was an all stop I'm like you know that just tells you how powerful that is because if he'd been the yeller or anything or if we'd yelled back and forth it wouldn't it wouldn't have dawned on me to stop sure sure so I really feel like elevating the conversation and taking that time to really think about what you want to say and have intent with what you're wanting to say is really important brilliant that's a brilliant piece of advice and I love your I love your dad's your dad's advice as well I love that I love that line elevate the conversation you know not your yeah. you know not your voice brilliant I love that love that what do you do Desiree when like two parents have opposite sort of parenting skills do you, you know, it, sorry it depends how, i'm sorry it depends how opposite i i, I guess I, I really tell parents that you know raising a child is a team approach so they really have to get on the same page in how they want to parent and if it's a bigger deal i really think then it kind of goes out of my room and i think they need more serious counseling if and you know if it's something more but if it's really otherwise I tell them it's a discussion they really need to have they really need to decide you know because by the time I get them they're teenagers so it's they really need to decide how to be a team you know you one person can't say I'm taking away the phone for the for a week and then the mm. next parent say oh you're going to school here's the phone or you know one parent say I'm taking away the keys to the car you're not going to drive to school this week and the next parent go, I really don't want to drive them because I have a meeting at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Here's the keys. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you really have to come up with one, what you're willing to be your consequences if you have to have them. You know, if your kid comes home late with the car, you know, they're supposed to be home at 10 and they come home at 1030. Is it taking the car away for a day, a week? It has to be something that you're willing to follow through on. I, I think yes. that is one of the biggest thing I talk with about with my some of my parents is you have to be willing to follow through a consequence and you have to be a team and you know I, I know if it's one person that provides the you know the consequence or, or how do you guys want to do that how do you want to be a team you can't be these people that do different things at different times mm. so it has to be a consistent approach and I tell parents they need to have that and if it's something that your teenagers done one of the great opportunities is you can tell your teenager that you need time to think about it go you know, you came home late from you know, your friend's house. You're supposed to be home at 10 and you showed up at 11. You didn't call. I called you three times on your cell phone. You didn't do anything. I think we need to have a discussion in the morning. We need to have a discussion whenever. And we need to come up with, you know, what are our rules for breaking those consequences? What are our values as a family? And then you get to have that opportunity to have your discussion with your spouse, to have that team approach. Because one can't be yelling at your teenager and one going, it's not a big deal. You have yeah. to be. The same, yes. the same page and, and I said as teenagers there's lots of opportunity for parents to be on the same page it's just a matter of stopping and thinking stopping mm. you don't have to react there's I, I feel like a lot of time when you're parenting and you're having discussions with kids you never have to make a, a rash decision you can always go let's come back to that especially with teenagers you can come back to it yeah. and and discuss it no, absolutely. That's a great, great piece of advice. Uh, can you tell, tell me, I mean, have you ever, oh, you must have had loads of aha moments. <laughs> Is there any aha moments that come to mind that have helped you change, you know, change your course of action? Oh my gosh. Um, 
so many aha moments. I, I wish I could, you know, I'm, you know, trying to trying to think of all of them. I think one of them is to um, trust myself is one of them. Stay true to my own values. You know, I, I can't please everybody, mm. yes. you know, and, and I, I guess that was, you know, I can't make everyone happy if we don't have the same values and that's okay. Yeah. You know, if I, if I really am passionate about some belief and I, and no one wants to, you know, someone else doesn't want to believe me. I, I'm okay with that. I can still be their friend. I can still love them. We can still hang out. Maybe that's just a topic that's off limits. Um, and that every choice we make has consequences. And I, you know, every time we have an interaction with somebody, communication, our opportunity when we communicate with somebody is to build them up and build that relationship or break it down. So I just feel that every choice we make has a consequence, whether it's a positive consequence or a negative consequence. We get to choose that yes. by the action we take. So I can either choose something positive and whether, you know, that's if someone doesn't agree with me with my values, I can, I can choose to have a positive spin on it instead of a negative spin and destroying that relationship or destroying that person or belittling them. I can have a positive way of saying that. And so it's really having, I feel like one of my biggest moments is I really need to be building people up. There are too many people, you know, quick to tear you down and, and stomp on your values or your beliefs. But I feel like we all have beliefs and values and we all have them for a reason and we yes. should all be encouraging. So I guess it's trying to be a better person is one like, you know, at some point, you know, being a teenager and wanting to argue with people and in my twenties still wanting to argue with people. And be right. Um, <laughs> I've learned that over time that, you know, that that's not that really, you know, being the bull in the China shop isn't really the answer. So I think a big aha moment to me was if I'm curious and I listen, I build relationships and, and that's so, and I've had such a better experience building relationships with people, especially mm -hmm. sometimes people that don't agree with me. I have the best conversations with, like, I, I'm like, wow, I never thought of that. And and so I feel like that's just, a, you know, I stay true to my own values, but boy, I love having conversations with people that don't necessarily have my same values, but challenge me to grow. Mm, and this is it. It's, it's kind of coming out of your beliefs, I think, because how can, if you stay in your beliefs and your mindset, how can you grow? You know, if, right. you know, when you have your, con if you have concrete beliefs, then you're staying that person, like that person forever. You, you can't grow as a human being if you don't come out of, out of those beliefs or you cut, you know, think outside the box. So definitely is about being open to be challenged and open to, to, to learn and, and to grow. Right. It's so important. It's so important now, especially in today's world more yes. than ever to be so much more open and, and encouraging to everybody. I mean, you just look at the global, you know, events and how we can shape them and just, you know, be better, do better and just, there's so many opportunities. So yeah, I think my biggest aha moment is I can't, you know, I can't change my values. I can't change who I am and, and everything I do has a consequence and I can choose the consequence if it's going to be positive or negative just by how I react, you know, how I react to a situation. So I, I try to not, you know, I try to react positive. You know, we all mess up at times because we're all human, but I really try to stop and go, how do I want, what's the end outcome I want with this person or the end outcome I want in this situation? Do I want to alienate that person or do I want to encourage them? And, and I'll tell you, 
in my late teens and early twenties, I didn't think that far ahead. I was just passionate in the moment and I was going to say yeah. it. So <laughs> having that aha, aha moment of, you know, growth and wisdom is so important. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like that. Cause it is when you're younger, you do think, Oh, your, your way's the only way, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> my way or the highway right? yeah your way is not important my way is important <laughs> exactly Have you re- can you recommend a book that had a great impact on you you know so I just finished a book that a friend of mine recommended to me and I am in love with it so Radical Inclusion by Martin Dempsey is a he was the um, Joint Chief of Staff he graduated from um, West Point in, in the United States but he wrote a book about radical inclusion, about how it is so important to have those conversations about including everybody in the conversation, that everyone needs to be in the room. Everyone needs to have those conversations. And he wrote this book a number of years ago, way before what's happening in the world right now. And um, a friend recommended it to me, and we're doing a book, a book discussion later this week. And, you know, I have so many books that I, that I love to read, but this is my, my latest book that I finished and I have probably about 70 little tabs in it of things that I want to discuss and just oh, wow. quick, great things that he said. So Radical Inclusion is my, my say is my latest book, but I also love um, anything by Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits. I, I love that. Okay. Um, you know, he does a great job. He does a great one for little kids. I used it with my little kids. It's like a picture book. Of, oh, about, wow. You know, yeah, it's for little, little, you know, little ones, and we would read it about, you know, being proactive, about making good choices, about being kind, and it was really, it was really fun. It was little characters, so I really loved that. Though, I mean, those are he's my favorite, one of my favorite authors is Stephen Covey, but this new book, Radical Inclusion, is probably I'm in love with it. That you know, great. ask I'll... me in a month, and I'll have a new book that I'm in love with. I'll be like, Everyone should read this book now. Yeah. This is the next book. Yeah. But I do. I love to read books to to grow my perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'll def- I will definitely add those t- uh, those two to my list because I, I just I just love reading. I just absolutely love reading. It's a it's a great thing. It's a okay. great thing to do. You know, as as you said, just to help you grow, to take you, or just to reset or to take your mind off things. I think it's a brilliant brilliant thing to do. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to read a hard book these days. Obviously, we've got our digital books, your audio books, I mean, you name it. Uh, So, you know, to our listeners, if, you know, try and get into that, you know, into that habit of of reading, you know, if you want to take your mind off whatever it is, whether it's social media, you can escape into a different way, a different world of, you know, of being and learning. I think, um, yeah, it's just something, something great to invest in, isn't it? Oh, I, I love reading. And you know, I have the thing that I should try and read, you know, in the course of a year, three books about, you know, challenging me to be a better person. So I try to find three different books that challenge. Oh, wow. And then I read lots of books just for fun. Like I love Preston Child. He has a series, a detective series. So every time they have a new series out, I am all over reading that. Mm-hmm. But I will pretty much read anything someone says, hey, this is a great book. Because you should read escape books. I love reading escape books. It just improves vocabulary it improves I get to escape from everything from social media mm-hmm. and then I love reading books that challenge my perspective or remind me to do better be better you know yes. what and, and just reminds me to go oh, I need to work harder at that trade uh-huh. I need I need to put that on my goal list this year I need to think about how I'm 
responding in that situation. So I, I love anything that challenges me to be better. And I also love stuff that just allows me to escape and have the story in my mind. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Do you have any personal habits or daily routines you feel have sort of contributed to, to where you are now? I do. And I think I found them probably in my late twenties. Yeah. I really, that spending time, you know, everyone can sit, I, I read the Bible every day. I, I read a verse and I, and I really contemplate on it. Um, it sounds kind of strange because by now I've read it, read the Bible over a few times, but every time I read a passage, you know, that little section, I'm like, how does that apply today? How does that mm. apply now? You know, am I doing it? Can I do better? So I like to do that. I like to go for a, you know, a walk and kind of like my time to meditate and just focus on on me and, and date you. So, you know, some daily meditation, I, I do the Bible readings every day and try to have that moment of inner focus and inner calm. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I like what you've put here as well in terms of, you know, resetting, you just pause, don't you? And you stop to gain perspective of the situation and those involved and what the next step is to create a win-win situation for everyone. And that, and that's such a special thing to say, because sometimes you're just looking for the right outcome for yourself but to actually think about everyone else winning i think that's just a that's such a an, a unique thing to 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 be or to think and it's hard it's hard to do in the heat of the moment you're you're absolutely right in the heat of the moment it starts to be who can be louder who can be mm. the kind of shop how can i force you to do it my way and it's only in hindsight that you realize that that probably wasn't the thing to do yeah. But at the moment, it feels pretty good. So it's really hard to, you know, in the heat of the moment to pause and, you know, whether it's parenting, you know, in the workplace, anywhere, you know, I tell parents, you, you get to hit pause when you're frustrated and things aren't going well, yes. pause because you, you want it to be a win-win. You don't want to say stuff to your child that's going to break down that relationship. You, you know, you don't want to tell them that, you know, they're dumb because they got an F. You don't want to have that conversation. So if you've had a bad day at work and your child comes home with a bad grade, you know, it's really easy. You know, we've done it to say, you know, let's talk about that this weekend. Yes. I'm not changing the grade, right? Like the grade's there. The, the F true. isn't going to magically, if I yell at them, isn't going to become an A tomorrow. It, mm -hmm. It's there. Yes. So if I talk about it on Tuesday or I wait till Saturday when we can sit down and go, what happened at that? What happened with that test? What, what do you think went wrong? And when they come up and they've had time to reflect and they can say, I didn't understand the material. I was lazy. I didn't study. Whatever it is, you can have that conversation and there's, and you create a win-win. How do we solve that? How do you mm. correct that problem? Yeah. You know, it's taking that pause with, you know, whether it's, and you can do that in any environment. And it, sometimes it's hard to do. I, I admit it's hard to do sometimes. Oh, yeah. you just kind of, Let off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you you just like I am going to let you have it I'm gonna go all out on this yeah, yeah. So it's hard to, to pause and create that and I don't do it all the time I will you know perfectly I am not anywhere perfect I just try to really think that in the heat of the moment how do I pause yeah it's just being conscious isn't it I think what it is it's just being conscious of that moment and how you can deal with it and and just stepping right. away from it. It, it and it's just being being I think it's just literally just being present isn't it being present in that moment instead of just like letting off and um and and letting off like you said you know it just doesn't create any value in any situation 
no. it really doesn't. No, it but really, it doesn't. We just we create bad feelings. We yes. just you know the consequences are bad and we deteriorate the relationship. You know, whatever relationship that is, work, home, as soon as you start yelling and, and saying stuff that you really didn't mean to say, you know, or picking on, you know, picking on someone's personality instead of the event. You know, you need yeah. to say you did poorly, not your, you know, you struggled with that exam, not you're a dumb person. But the, you can't pick on people. You need to pick on this. You need to look at the situation. Yeah, look at the overall picture. And allowing that person yeah. to take ownership of that situation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, creates so many, it creates so many positive skills. You know, again, it's all about the long-term effect, right? Mm -hmm. You know, child rearing is a long-term goal. It's a marathon. Yeah, absolutely. Desiree, what keeps you motivated? Ah, I think, well, my family definitely keeps me motivated. <laughs> um, they always, you know, my, I have a, you know, a daughter that's a senior in college and one that's a senior in high school. And I love that they challenge me every day. So I feel like they keep me motivated and my desire to make a difference. I, I really want to make a difference. And I believe that I'm here for a reason. I have a purpose. And I want to make a, a difference with, you know, with teenagers, with adults, with parents, however that looks. I just, I want to be a difference. Fantastic. Fantastic. What accomplishment, accomplishments, I should say, are you most proud of? And what is your next biggest goal? Um, I think I'm, I'm proud of some of my two daughters because I think, you know, despite everything and, you know, not, you know, sounding like I'm this amazing parent, I definitely mess some stuff up, but um, they've, <laughs> they've turned out good, good, good kids. Um, my career path that I've chosen, I'm, I'm, I love that I um, have decided to help teenagers. I feel like they're, they're a group of kids that are misunderstood and I just feel that I, I love them. I don't think there's a bad teenager. I think that they're still uh they're still growing and learning. And I love to be a part of that process to help, you know, facilitate that. Um, I think my next goal, I'm still creating my next goal, what I want to do, but I want to make sure I'm having an, an impact on teenagers, on parents of teenagers, maybe on parents as a whole with communication and, and raising children and, and realizing that there's always a better way mm -hmm. that they are enough. And it's about love. So um, just helping, you know, find the right way to help and encourage people as, as a whole. I, oh. I love doing that. Oh, that's lovely. That's beautiful. I like. I, I love that. What is the biggest lesson life has taught you? Um, I think to be patient is one thing. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes I really want the answer now, or I want to be there already. I, I, I need to realize that there's a process for stuff. Like sometimes I want to jump in, and I think having grace, you know, showing, giving grace. It's easy to want grace, people to be great, you know, give me, but to be grace, to show grace to other people, to realize that if someone does something to me and, and not untoward, but you know, it could be someone cutting me off to make the left turn in front of me. And, mm -hmm. and my kids will tell you that I, I probably have the worst road rage. I've never followed through, but I get really mad. And, <laughs> I I'm like, ah. and, and so I think it's just having grace. And I, I try to think that Hopefully that person that just cut me off to make that left turn, you know, has to get to work because they're late or they have to pick up their kid. Mm. I really try to think, is there, try to give them that grace that why they did that is not because they're a jerk. <laughs> yeah. So it's trying to find that grace, you know, in, in people. And, um, 
Yeah, I, I definitely fail at showing grace, you know, mostly in the car when I when I yell at people, I don't follow through on that. But it's just showing grace when, when people do stuff, realizing that that maybe hopefully there's a reason. And if I were to do it, someone would show me the same grace. So mm. it's learning to give and receive grace, I guess, you know, mostly give it because everyone wants grace. I, you know, if I cut you off on the left turn lane, I just expect you to be all happy with it. Or if I bet in front of you or, you know, whatever it is, I, but I need to, if I want someone to give me that grace, I need to be able to give it to someone else to be like, okay, they're doing that. Or they made that choice or, that clerk just was kind of snarky at me when I bought my groceries today because they're really having a bad day. Mm. I'm not going to be snarky back. I'm not going to be mad. I'm just going to give them grace and go have a great day. You know, it's, and sometimes it's hard. Yeah. It I is. admit it. I fail miserably, but it's really, I really feel that I need to try to, you know, give more grace out when people are, are negative. I feel maybe that'll change the vibe of the world. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, no. I mean, and again, it's very much about, I think, sort of treat, trying to treat people the way you, you want to be treated, you know? And I right. think, you know, if you treat people a certain way, in the way, you will get that treatment back, you know? I, 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 that's, my, that's my thinking. And, and also, you know, if someone does do some, does something negative to you, if you show them grace, then it kind of makes you, you're teaching them in a way, you know, you're, you're, you are teaching them to be that, that person. You may not see it in that moment, but maybe further down the road, they may reflect on that situation. You think, you know what, that lady showed me this. I want to be like this, or I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to do this. So it's very much about us teaching each, each other. You know, I love the, I love the saying that as it Denzel Washington, that he, he says the saying, which I love each one, teach one. And I think that's such a powerful, <laughs> yes. yeah, a powerful yeah. line. Yeah. And it's so true. You know, if we take time to teach each other, I, yeah, I think we would be all be a better person. <laughs> you exactly. Know? We'd all have that grace. We'd all take that moment. Yeah. You're, you're right. It's, and I think maybe if I just plant the seed, maybe next time they'll be nicer. And it's crazy things. It's like taking that two minutes to hold the door open for the elderly lady walking up behind me. I'm like, yeah. it, it takes nothing to show that grace and that patience and, yeah. and smiling. Cause you know, I, I'm hoping that maybe the, you know, two people that sneak out the same time she is that are young guys, maybe it'll just plant that seed in their mind that that's right. Maybe I should hold the door. Exactly. So, I hope, I hope I'm changing the world a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It can just take one person, you know? It really it just takes one person. That's how I see it anyway. One person. Exactly. I'm not here to see. Yeah. And we're all human and we're, we're all, you know, we're not perfect. You know, I just want, I don't want to come over to, to you know, to our listeners that we're all, we're, we're perfect. We're not. We're still discovering <laughs> We're discovering myself. I'm certainly still discovering myself. You know, since I've been doing this podcast, I'm I'm definitely still discovering myself because I've been having such so many sort of powerful conversations, and I've walked away thinking, my God, you know, I've learned this, or you know, I need to do this, and so yeah, we're all becoming, we're all becoming, we're still all discovering, um, and that's the and that's the sort of beautiful thing about life is that we're still becoming, you know and and learning about each other and about yourself i should say exactly desiree what would you say to your 13 18 and 21 year old self wow when i was 13 i had glasses i still have glasses i had braces i probably had 
the geekiest haircut that a 13-year-old could ever have, including <laughs> trying to cut including trying to cut my own hair to make it look better. But um, I would probably want to tell my 13-year-old self that it's all going to work out and it's going to be okay. It's, you know, being 13 and being mm. a girl and hormones and everything, it's a miserable time to be, you know, 13, 14. It's a tough time. Yes. Everything starts to change and shift in your body. I, I think I'd really want to, you know, just hug her and tell her it's going to be okay. You'll, you'll get through this. Yes. Um, 18. 18 was college and boy, um, I should have really taken advantage of the freedom that, you know, college and university has, because once you finish that, it's all gone. I think <laughs> I tell my daughter, I tell my daughter that who's a senior in, in university and she's getting ready to graduate. I'm like, enjoy this last year. Cause after yeah. this year, there is no more mm. three weeks off at Christmas. There is no more, you know, internships that end two weeks before school starts. So you have all this time off that life is gone. So I think I would tell my 18 year old self to, uh, really enjoy, enjoy that. The friendships that you have, the lack of responsibility, although she'll tell you she has tons of responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what that is beyond the academics. I'm like, and you know, her job, I'm like, I'm not too sure what else, you know, that you have a huge cushion that you, you, don't, you know, you don't have once you're out in the working world, you have That's a mom right. and, you know, not that you wouldn't have mom and dad, but there's a bigger cushion when you're in university. That's it. Uh, <laughs> my 21 year old self, I'd remind my 21 year old self to enjoy life. Like mm. remember, you know, you're out in the working world and you feel a lot of stress to, to succeed and work and, and do well. So I think I would try to tell my 21 year old self that, it's going to work out. Take some time for yourself. Take some deep breaths. Um, maybe learn wisdom and grace a few years earlier than being the, being the bull in the China shop and trying to, um, you know, win the conversation. Think more about how to build relationships. Cause I, I think that's a skill that I've learned over the years. I don't know if I, I certainly was not a master of that at 21. Um, <laughs> I think those are the, the big, the big things that I would, I would share with myself. Wonderful. Wonderful. What uh, three tips or piece of, pieces of advice would you give a teenager? I would want a teenager to remember that they are enough, that they are an amazing individual, that they have values and beliefs, and, and stay true to that. Stay true to who you are. And, and I know that you're going to step off that, stay true to yourself and values, and you're going to go left, you're going to go right, you're going to mess up, but, and that's okay. Just come back to your true center of yourself. Forgive yourself for messing up as a teenager because mm. that's what you that's what you do as a teenager you mess up yes. but also when you're messing up and you get to that point where you're struggling with the mess up whatever it could be ask for help um there's always someone that wants your best interest at heart whether it's your parent a mentor a teacher always think about asking for help i think those would be my things to yeah. realize that you're enough follow your values when you mess up it it's okay. It's all going to work out. Don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. Come back, look for that mentor, or that person to help you when you're really struggling. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great piece of advice. What legacy or impact would you like to leave? Um, legacy. I, I would really like to somehow encourage people to remember to raise each other up to, mm. you know, I always tell my girls, it's all about bolstering. Let's bolster people up. Let's encourage them the more people that we have that are doing better, being better, just the better the world will be as a whole. So, you know, to make sure that we're encouraging people to 
to try and diffuse destruction and anger and diffuse mm. destruction and anger with really some amazing conversations and re realizing that communication is a relationship. And that's a great opportunity to understand someone's perspective, whatever that perspective is and how to come together and create something positive out of it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Last question. What's the most important message you would like to leave with us today, Desiree? Uh, I think it's like my mantra, Carol. I, I tell everybody, <laughs> I, I keep, I keep like, I, sh I should tattoo it on my face. Um, I believe that communication is a relationship and it's about listening with curiosity. It's really about wanting to understand the person that you're sitting across from to listen to what they're saying and asking them questions and, and realizing that they're not you and they have a different perspective and that's better. But how is their perspective making me a better person by you sharing your knowledge and your values? That's making me a better person. It's making me realize that maybe I need to reshape some of that. Mm -hmm. So I think my biggest thing is to make sure that we're you know, communication is a relationship and that we need to build community and relationships. I, I think that, you know, especially in the United States right now, you know, the, the news is all over the place. I think we're really struggling with community and relationships. And I really feel that we just need to listen. And we really, you know, the new book, the book that I just read, Radical Inclusion, about bringing everyone to the table and listening to all the sides and coming up with a win-win for everyone. And what does that look like? And how do we change and move forward? Not, you know, this side versus that side. There's not a we're all humanity. There is no this side versus that side versus this other side. We're, we're all here together on this one planet. How do we make it the best that it can be? Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I love it. Love it. Love it. Great way to end the show. Oh, Desiree. <laughs> Thank you. That was great. I've loved it. I've loved our conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. I have loved this. I could talk all day. You know me. Oh, well, do you know what? I, you know, I plan to do so many different episodes and covering different topics. Uh, so I'll definitely get, you know, get you back on if you, if, if you'd love to come back on, obviously. Oh, I would love to come back on. I, I <laughs> love chatting about, you know, trying to make a difference and do better and be better in, in, in anything we do. How just yeah. to be a better human being and how to be a better society world globally. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, thank you. It's such an honor, such, such an honor to, to have you. Listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you got as much value out of this conversation as much as I did. Please check out Desiree's website, encouragingteens.com, for more information about her services and seminars. Please check her out. And if you want to hear more inspirational stories, please keep tuning in or follow me on Instagram, Ayana Voices, for inspirational content. This is Carol Oakley. Peace and love to you all. See you again soon. <laughs>